the introit of this Mass says, Hear, O Lord, my voice with which I have cried to thee. Hear, O Lord, my voice with which I have cried to thee. Alleluia. My heart hath said to thee, I have sought thy face. Thy face, O Lord, I will seek. Turn not away thy face from me. Alleluia, alleluia. I have sought thy face. Thy face, O Lord, I will seek. Turn not away thy face from me. Alleluia, alleluia. This is from Psalm 26. Holy Mother Church presents this intro to us on this, the Sunday after the Ascension, after we have celebrated our commemoration of the event in which our Lord ascended into heaven, taking his face away from us. We pray, Lord, I will seek your face. Take it not away. But then we say, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia is a Hebrew word or a Hebrew, a Hebrew exclamation. It's not actually really even a word. But that word was reserved to one occasion and one occasion only, and that was the Passover. Alleluia was an expression, uh, kind of a, you know, it's, a, um, it's an exclamation of joy. Um, surrounding the idea of salvation that comes through the Passover. And so Christians have uh, assumed that word into our own lexicon um, and not so much referring to the Passover, but what the Passover was foreshadowing, and that is the resurrection of Christ and the salvation not from the Egyptians, but salvation from sin. Turn not thy face away from me, Alleluia, alleluia. But after our Lord has taken his face away, and I ask him not to take his face away, how is it possible for me to say uh, joyfully, alleluia, alleluia? Let's suspend that question and ask another question before we give an answer. Our Lord in the gospel today, the very one who is saving mankind says to the apostles the hour cometh when those who kill you will think that they are doing a service to God These things I have told you that when the hour shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I have told you that when the hour uh, shall come, you may remember that I told you them. That I told you of them. Our Lord knows that all of the apostles, all of his apostles, all 13 of them, uh, well, sorry, the 12 of them, Judas is, we have to take Judas out of the number and then but put Paul into the number, so there's still 12. All of them 
are martyrs for the faith. If he knew that that was going to happen for sure, why didn't he prevent it from happening? He had the power to do so. He had the knowledge to do so. Why did he not prevent it from happening? He even knew why it was going to happen. He does not apologize. I'm sorry this is going to happen to you. No, he never says it. But he warns them so that later they will recall that he predicted it and that they will not be scandalized on account of it. What does it mean to be scandalized? The technical definition of scandal is uh, a scandal is a, is, a, is a rock in the path, in the road. And that rock is we stub our toe on the rock and fall down. That is what a scandal is. So our progress down the road is stopped as a result of that rock. That's, the rock is a scandal, and I'm scandalized when I trip on the rock. So our Lord says, I tell you this ahead of time that you may not be scandalized, that your faith not be shaken by the persecution that you will undergo. Why does our Lord not prevent it? Why does our Lord not even apologize for not preventing it? But simply warn them that they not be scandalized. It's important for us to really chew on this reality because it doesn't just apply to the apostles. It applies to us too. Our Lord never promised the apostles that he was going to remove the suffering from their life. Nor does he apologize for not removing suffering from their life. Why not? A good Canadian would. (laughs) But he doesn't. Hear, O Lord, my voice with which I have cried to thee. Alleluia. My heart hath said to thee, I have sought thy face. Thy face, O Lord, I will seek. Turn not away thy face from me. Alleluia, alleluia. Turn not thy face away from me. Alleluia, alleluia. When our Lord was walking on the face of the earth 2,000 years ago, many people could see his face and not recognize his divinity. They could even see his face and with full conviction call him an evildoer. When our Lord walked on the face of the earth, His face was present to us, and indeed it is a holy face, but that's not the full explanation 
of the song. And it's not a full explanation of St. Paul's phrase that then, now I walk and I see in a dark, I see in a glass darkly. But then, then I will see face to face. Then I will know even as I am known. Then I will know even as I am known. Jesus walked on the face of the earth and he knew us. And his apostles he knew and loved were told to the end. But they did not know him in return. Even when they claimed to know him, they still did not know him. And but they began to know him only, ironically, after he took his face away. Then, when the paraclete came, then they knew him better than they had ever before. When our Lord was walking on the face of the earth, people could look upon him, but their hearts were empty. Christ was not in the hearts of the believers. He comes into the hearts of the believers only by the Holy Spirit. Then we begin to know. And as a, a metaphor for that knowledge, knowing God intimately, that's when we say, I begin to see the face of God. I begin to know God even in some way as he knows me. Why does our Lord not apologize? It's because the apostles are going to receive something greater. They are going to receive much more than they will ever be asked to give. They will be the recipients of a wealth that the world cannot estimate, that the world cannot measure, whose measurement goes beyond the reaches of the cosmos. They are going to be the recipient of a divinity within their own heart. And whatever our Lord himself will ask them to give will be tiny in comparison. This is why our Lord never apologizes. This is why we can say, Alleluia, at the end of the phrase, Turn not thy face away from me, O Lord. When you ascended into heaven, you brought your face off of the face of the earth. But I will know you by the presence of the Holy Ghost. And by the presence of the Holy Ghost, I will have a lively hope that one day, one day, clarity will come. And I will see and I will know even as I am known by you. I will know you. And that is what we call seeing God face to face. This is the promise of God. It begins with the coming of the Holy Ghost and it reaches its perfection and completion 
in the paradise of heaven when all the veils will be lifted and removed. This is why God never apologizes for what he asks us to give for the love of him. One final point. In the epistle today by St. Peter, he says, Before all things, have a constant mutual charity amongst yourselves, for charity covereth a multitude of sins. Using hospitality one towards another without murmuring, as every man hath received grace, ministering the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Using hospitality one towards another without murmuring, as every man hath received grace, ministering the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We are stewards of the grace of God. We receive first. We are asked to give second. And what we are asked to give is only a small portion of what we have received. Therefore, he says, using uh, using hospitality one towards another without murmuring, as every man hath received grace, minister the same. one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The grace of God is not singular, it's manifold. But if I do not appreciate or recognize what it is that I receive, I am not going to be generous in my willingness to give. And the more I recognize the enormity of what I have received, the more I am going to be thoughtless in generously giving to others. It's what we are expected to do. Christ's demands that we give. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. We are going to be judged on charity. How is it that our Lord can judge us on charity? Because he knows for sure, whatever I will be asked to give is but a small portion of what I am given and especially what I am promised. Even if he says to me, like he said to the apostles, I'm going to ask you to lay down your life for love of my name. But I promise you, a hundredfold in the halls of heaven. In fact, he said, I promise you a hundredfold in this world. And besides that, seeing me face to face in the halls of heaven. Therefore, far from apologizing for asking us to give, 
He's never going to apologize because he has given to us much, much more. And that is what he asks us to do. So in order to fulfill his commandment to give, I must grow in my appreciation for what I have received. And that is what we are exhorted to do. St. Peter says, Dearly beloved, be prudent and watch in prayers. Be prudent and watch in prayers. Our prayers are how we can fulfill those commandments of God. Hear, O Lord, my voice with which I have cried to thee. Alleluia. My heart hath said to thee, I have sought thy face. Thy face, O Lord, I will seek. Turn not away thy face from me. Alleluia. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.